0: Lead me to some soul today, oh teach me the Welcome
1: everyone to, uh, to episode number seven of a series of episodes uh, that we're calling Leading Others to Christ. And during these episodes, uh, we're going to be focused on evangelism. And uh, we have several goals, but one of our goals is to try to stir us up if you will, uh, to stir us up to love and good works, especially in the area of reaching our families, uh, our family, our friends, our neighbors, in the area of uh, of sharing the gospel with them. My name is Dan Barker. I preach for the Creekside Church of Christ in uh, Franklin, Indiana, uh, where I also serve as one of the shepherds. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Franklin, Indiana is about 20 miles south of uh, downtown Indianapolis. Uh, so that'll give some of you just a visual there where we are. Those of you that are watching this, those of you that know me, you know that i'm I'm passionate about evangelism. Uh, I have been ever since I obeyed the gospel when I was twenty one years old in uh, Owensboro, Kentucky. And I as I often think back about uh, about all that, I've always been striving to to teach others uh, uh, to use some Bible phrases to learn how to sow the seed to Learn how to be, to learn how to fish for men and women, uh, to make disciples, to persuade men and women, and and one that I've really uh, well all of this is all to me it's all under the same umbrella if you will, but how to teach others to teach, and I taught I was a school teacher and a basketball coach for 12 years and so I've got a lot of teaching in my background, but uh, and I always think about what Paul told Timothy in Second Timothy two too. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So again, teaching others to teach. So I came up with this idea of uh, to identify Christians, men and women, uh, fellow workers who are leading, uh, trying to reach and lead others to Christ. And once we've identified those folks to do what we're going to do today, to interview them, we want to learn more about them, who they are. uh, why they're motivated to lead others to Christ, how they're doing their work, and where they're currently working. And we're excited today to have uh, someone with us I think we're going to be able to learn a lot from, Ricky Shanks. Ricky preaches for the Gainesville Church of Christ in Gainesville, Georgia. Welcome, Ricky. Hello there. Glad to be here. Good, good. Thank you for uh, agreeing to do this, and, and I've been really uh, uh, looking forward to, uh, to to talking to you today. Uh, why don't we uh, do what we talked about before? Uh, why don't you start us out? Because there's probably some people here that may not know uh, who Ricky is. Tell us a little bit about where you're from originally and, and just tell us a little bit about Ricky Shanks.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for letting me be part of this. I hope and pray that the Lord uses it for much fruitful efforts in the mission that he's put us in. But as far as me, I am just a voice crying in the wilderness that started back in 1974. I was uh, raised a heathen. Uh, As a teenager, I started getting connections or friends with religious folks and went from one denomination to another. And then in 1974, someone said to me, said this was my senior year in high school, uh, talking to them about God and religion. They said, well, why don't you get all your answers from the Bible? And I thought, well, now that's a good idea and so i had no knowledge of the bible at all i was the one that would take the bible put a finger in there pull it out without looking put a finger on the verse and say okay that's what god has for me today okay that was about the extent of my bible knowledge and uh, but of course it didn't take long to where that i would learn more and more i ended up abandon the gospel and getting married on the, in the same year and so it, then as i grew i was hungry i was telling people about what i was learning and uh people were paying attention and and then uh it was in 1980 that in 78 79 and 80 that i was in selling insurance going door to door and i got to thinking during that process if i can walk into a stranger's house sell them something and take hundreds of dollars of their money selling them this inanimate object then why can't i walk into a stranger's house and give them something that will be priceless and it was just not long after that that i decided okay i'm going to do that and so uh in june of 1980 i stepped out of secular work and started at a, a small church in alabama from there i moved to macon georgia and then i moved back to birmingham and then to south carolina uh and then to Maryland, uh, Baltimore, Maryland. And from there, I ended up uh, going to Spring, Texas, which is Houston. And from there, I went back to uh, Birmingham area. And then we started a a group from scratch in South Carolina in Charleston, South Carolina. There was someone struggling trying to start a group there. And they were calling me and I was coaching them from afar. And, And so I decided I would be a lot more effective if I just moved there to help them, and so I did and so we agreed to 10 years and the, the thinking it'll either fly or die in 10 years and so it's still flying and we moved away uh 10 years later to here in Gainesville, georgia and that's where we're at now this was a struggling group uh that had gone through a great deal of problems and so the lord is building this flock back uh soul by soul
1: well that that's great uh, boy as i listen to you you know, see we, we need to talk uh, off off the interview but I have an insurance background, too, so uh, we, we've got some other things we can talk about there. But anyway, it, it's just fascinating uh, with all the folks that we've been interviewing, and, and we've only, you're number seven, uh, mm-hmm. and we've got probably 50. Oh, number. We, no, That's yeah, no, right, good number, but we've got probably, I don't know, I'm going to guess 50, 60 names on our list of, uh, mm-hmm. uh, of folks to approach, and, uh, and everybody uh, has been really excited about it so far, but So you said several things there where we could go, but I know one thing when we were talking, uh, you said that the big picture came up uh, Uh uh, and that you had done a, uh, won't you share that with the big picture and Um, and the correspondence course that you
0: did? Okay. All right. Uh, The brother that uh, created the big picture booklet, it was a booklet to begin with, Ken, he um, uh, came and held a meeting for us. And so as we studied, to uh, he went over all that material that, that he gave us, which was not a lot, just basically three lessons. And, but it was a lot of information, and he had prepared quite a high-quality booklet to go along with it. I asked him if I could convert that into a Bible correspondence course, and he said, yes, just to make certain I have a copy. So I did, and I broke it up into six uh, sections or six lessons and uh, and we immediately started using that in place of what we were using before the church where i was at at editing was charleston south carolina but we'd started from scratch and um and so we had um, a lesson that we were using and but this one would actually teach them a good bit of information which was you know a very effective way we actually had maybe one or two just by studying the lesson uh call us and say i i need to be baptized into christ and so But now that was out of about 4,000 Bible students that we had in Charleston. Uh, But most of them, uh, over 150 were baptized Um, over that period of time. I guess thousands of Bible studies took place. And so uh, the the work was very fruitful. But it was just just a tool. That's all it is. And Ken would be the first one to say it's just a tool. The gospel is what brings people to salvation.
1: Well, it's this is one thing that I've learned over the years is that, of course, we have the gospel, and there's been all kinds of uh, ways to put the gospel together. I guess in a presentation, and and it's all interest. It's interesting too. Uh, I put one together with a fella years ago when we were going down to work with a church in Jamaica, and I've continued to use that. And it, I think, it, and you've got things that that you feel comfortable with, and and everybody does. Yes. And that's another one of our goals is try to find out what tools are out here, and and it might be something that uh, you know that somebody else is using, and and I look at it and I go, you know what, I like that better than I do mine, and and that I, that that would be comfortable for me to use. Yeah. And then you've got you have other people that unfortunately are not using. How do I be nice about? They're not using anything. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: They're not really reaching out to people in the community, and we're not going to be negative on the interview, but it's just a reality yeah. that in a lot of places, the church is, is just not growing because of a lack of focus on this. But let's say that my wife and I, or maybe we're, we just moved to Gainesville, Georgia. okay, mm-hmm. and, we're, and we're not Christians. And we, maybe we think we are, but we're looking for a place. And mm-hmm. We see your sign or we somebody points out the, the, where the group meets there. And mm-hmm. we show up at services one Sunday. We don't know anybody. We come in. Is there anything special you do with us? Because we've been some places, and maybe you have too. I've heard this from a lot of Christians, been to places where nobody would even speak to them.
0: Yes, yes. Well, you would be met um, by a number of people. We are a very friendly group. Uh, Everywhere I go, I try to make certain that everybody understands our roles that we need to play. And that is you've got to be loved. And then also you've got to show love toward one another. And then as we begin our worship, we've got to make certain that we are showing love to God. It is not a ritual, you know, we're worshiping in spirit and in truth, not just truth. And so when they when they see these things, they'll certainly have some other questions. So I put together a little booklet that answers um, several questions that all visitors have in common. And that way, if they don't ask us verbally, they can read the booklet and get information about what we're all about and what our purpose is and what we want, how how that they would fit into this uh, marching in the Lord's army or our parade to heaven or how we to put it. Uh, we've got to um, show that, that that is our purpose. We're here to honor God as our king. And so to make certain those answers are given. And then after services, they will continue to be uh, we, we have a kind of an unspoken rule that, that uh, don't talk to people you know until you've already met the people you don't know um, after services. And so hopefully everybody will keep that in mind and that will uh, continue. If you, keep that, um, you get, keep that before the flock, they will remember to do that. And thus you are able to set the tone for that kind of reception.
1: So I'm, you know, we're there at services and we, you know, you, you notice that we're paying attention and we seem to be interested. And uh, so how would you, how and when would you approach me? Or I mean, like, think about the
0: follow-up. Would okay, well, two, of, two, two of us probably would end up asking you for a Bible study. And <laughs> I usually try to be a little, uh, a little tactful from the standpoint. I'll say, would it be okay for my wife and I to come by and visit and, and for us to uh to give you a call and see if we can get together. If that is before the virus. Now we're going to have to learn how to adapt to that. But anyway, yeah, but we would try to get a one on one face to face as soon as possible. And plus, my wife is so good about preparing a meal to uh, be able to invite strangers home uh, after services. Would you, would, and I usually express it this way Would you bless us with the honor of having you come and eat? afternoon lunch with us at our table and uh and that's that's pretty good success let me tell you one specific story this happened in baltimore where this fellow was searching for the truth he had heard our radio program up there he came to check us out and of course as normal uh i I would ask him i said would you would you and your wife do us the honor of allowing you to come to our home for a meal Uh, it's all prepared and so nothing Nothing to worry about. And uh, so he came, and that ended up in a Bible study. That ended up in them obeying the gospel. That ended up, now he's serving as an elder in the church and and has has taught literally dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of people, the gospel. And that all started because I invited him home to have Sunday afternoon lunch with us. And uh, he said, no one had ever done that to him. And he was so thrilled. To see something like that, that that right there was where it all started, uh, the love that we showed to them. And so that's what we got to do. We got to do what God tells us to. So
1: good. I mean, hospitality and, and maybe, I don't know, it, as I'm getting older, I, I find myself going, "Oh, that's that's old school, you know, but that old, this, uh, that old school stuff works. You know, it, if it's, if it's God given
0: instructions, yes. it'll never be old.
1: It'll never be old. I like that. Yes. But yeah, just for just to hear him say, nobody had ever invited me over before. How many other folks are there like that out there?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: where, you know, where they just they don't have they don't have anybody. Uh,
0: he said he had been to churches all over Baltimore, and that had never happened. to him.
1: Wow, wow. So let's say that it, let's turn it this. Uh, I want to think a little bit about how the congregation's involved. You've already shared a little bit of uh, greeting people when they come in. Uh, do y'all do anything? Uh, Spe- i'll say special that is um um uh, somebody just becomes a christian and uh do you have uh, you know some people call them a new life in christ or a new converts class or okay what do y'all do real, there
0: that's a real good question because everywhere i've been there's been new a whole slew of new converts um usually anywhere from well over a hundred over a period of a few years and so yes that is something that's really needed because someone that has been raised in the church do not know how to relate to someone that's fresh out of the darkness of the world. And so sometimes brethren have to be prepared to do that. So there's two things that I do, and that is I've got a seven week uh, Bible study for the New Convert. While they're still wet, I will give them this book that's got 49 lessons in it. And I say, I want you to go starting tomorrow, and read through instead, it's one lesson per page, uh, and and go through these lessons one at a time, gives you a suggestion of something to pray about, and also a question or two. And then every seven days, I'll point out in the book, see this blank page here with these lines on it? And that is, I'm going to come back and ask you these questions to find out if you got that information. And then there's, on the left-hand side, all the pages are blank, I'd say, this is where you write your questions down. So when something is confusing or you've got a problem, or you go and write those questions there, when we get together on a weekly basis, you can ask me any of those questions and we'll go find the Bible answers. So that's one thing that we do with every new convert. The second thing that I try to incorporate, and the two places where I have been able to get it really functional, uh, hardly no one ever falls away. And so, like in Baltimore, we were only able to keep one out of three staying in the course in serving the Lord. Uh, but in Baltimore, we were able to keep 93 out of 100 to stay the course in the Lord. And the key to that was there was 12 families that had been prepared to study with every new convert. And so family one had their topic that they taught every single new convert. Hopefully, the next week after they will obeyed, after they obeyed the gospel, and then family two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and twelve. Um, and I, and sometimes it may take a year to get those to uh, uh, happen, but as long as you can get seven new spiritual family uh, relationships that they're taking an interest in you and you're able to connect with them, hardly anyone ever falls away. That is very rare. But so those two things were a winning combination and have been there and in Texas, to where very few of them fall away. Uh,
1: again, so powerful. We could talk, uh, uh, you know, I don't know how many places of uh, uh, people that I've talked to and say, what, just out of curiosity, what have you, what kind of a new converts uh, class do you have? And I had one fellow one time say, and he'd been worshiped in a lot of different places, he said, I've never seen one.
0: Oh, wow. And, I know. I'm one I know. of those two. I mean, because the other adult class tends to talk about deeper things, and so yeah. I, I pull the new converts into another class and let them uh, set the main theme of, and tone of the study. And every now and then, usually maybe every second or third class, one of them says, "I just want to ask for y'all's prayer. I have really messed up with this," and then we understand and, sure. and we pray for them and we encourage them and such like that. So. That is very crucial as
1: well. Well, it's, uh, yeah, just uh, so many things. And I really like, we did that in Lexington, Kentucky, um, uh, where we had families like that. And it works so well, because if that's me, and I'm the new Christian, and every week or the time frame there, I'm in somebody's home. So I come and visit you in your home so many dynamics take place. I see where you live. I see what your place looks like. Cause you know, that's just the way people are. Yeah. And, and I might, you know, there might be something there uh, in our, in that little visit uh, where we really connect. And, and like you say, of the, of the 12, if you have seven, I mean, that'd be wonderful. If some, a new Christian could develop a, a special relationship with seven families. And I can see why you're, you're uh, when you say that, you know, so many of them, you know, they, they don't leave. They, they stay. That's, and that's, that's so powerful. Another thing you said that we could talk about, too, is that the difference between, uh, now you didn't grow up, and I'm going to use the phrase, in the church, and oh, I didn't either. I was a heathen. Um, yeah, you were heathen, and uh, me too. And then uh, and, and, and you're right, the, the people that have grown up in the church, they look at a lot of these things quite different. And they don't really understand what it's like, what it looks like, feels like somebody new coming in to the group and, uh, and how awkward that is for so many people and, and how we can help blend them into the, into the, the family. Right?
0: Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. I've got some things I'd like to share with everyone if that's okay.
1: No. Yeah. Why don't you do that? Go ahead. Mm -hmm. All right.
0: Uh, There, whenever you're teaching someone to bring them to Christ, I believe there are five ribs or you can call them hurdles that must not be overlooked in your teaching someone because we live in a society today that is getting more and more godless or humanistic or however you want to put it. We often overlook some of the most important aspects of teaching someone. We We will teach someone as if they already believe and have a reverence for God speaking through his word. And most people do not. So here are those five hurdles, and i put together five videos on my website for people to download and see these explained. Um, And and so the first one is why, you know, everybody knows Hebrews 11.1, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we need substantial evidence of why we believe in God. Number two, we need substantial evidence of why we know the Bible is the word of God. And I give it in those videos, and you probably know many more and then the third thing that we often overlook is how can we use the bible so that all of us will come up with the same conclusion and it's just i just use good old common sense and that is the same way a construction person uses a measuring tape that's exactly the way we should use god's word and then the last two points is okay now we know that there is a god the bible is his word we see how to use this and and honestly use it without perverting it, then why should I love God? What has He ever done for me? I mean, I've had a lot of tragedies, okay? That needs to be clearly answered, and basically what that is, is the gospel message. You can touch on some things in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, dealing with why I should love God and why I should put my confidence in Him. And the last thing, and of course, the most important thing is, what should I do about this? And God clearly answers that from the Great Commission in Matthew, Mark, and Luke's account and how that was unfolded with them doing complete obedience to the the apostles in Acts chapter 2 through the book of Acts. And we see exactly what God told them to do, they did. And if they were pleasing to God, if we do what they did, we'll be pleasing to God. And so those are five points that must never be overlooked as we're teaching someone. There have been many times when I've had the opportunity to teach someone that, that, um, that here recently, for example, uh, we, we were studying with someone just a few weeks ago, and they this fella could finish every verse I started. I thought, wow, what a Bible knowledge. I was so impressed with him. And I just, because of his Bible knowledge, assumed that he also was living it. That was a mistake on my part. And so when I, when I challenged them, when they expressed something that was dangerous for them to believe, I pointed out a couple of three verses that they should be aware of, that uh, to, you know just, just kind of treating them like a child of God would have respect uh, for the word of God. Then they actually had a totally negative reaction to that. And they allowed themselves to get so poisoned by, by my giving them kind of a gentle reproof from God's word that they, that, that is something that could be very much uh, totally distracting to them serving the Lord, that they canceled all future studies. So sometimes people are full of themselves. They, they, just, they think they've got all the answers, and therefore they're not open for reproof. Okay, so here's, here's my point initiative. People have to define or we have to define initiative and spell the word initiative is asK. that is someone that is asking, seeking and knocking. And unless they have that kind of behavior, they're not showing initiative. and so we need to make certain from time to time as we're studying and instructing someone that they are asking ask they're asking seeking and knocking they're showing initiative too many times friendships are developed and that friendship becomes more important than what they're learning and so that is a obstacle sometimes in teaching people because we don't pay attention if they're showing initiative on their own or we're just having a good uh, friendship
1: very good so uh you see why it's it's challenging still ricky i mean we're learning here but (laughs) You can't do anything if the power goes out. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, yeah, if, you know somebody's going to be watching this, and, and hopefully there's going to be a lot of people, and, and they get excited listening to you, and they, they know they need to be involved in teaching others. Uh, but it's been fear. It's been lack of knowledge. It's been whatever. But if, if you can narrow it down to one thing that you think somebody needs to learn uh, or to know in, in getting involved in evangelism, Could you narrow it down to just one thing?
0: Well, um, I I guess Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse uh, nine talks about how that he was going to stop teaching God's word, but he just couldn't. It was a fire in his bosom. Well, how do we get that fire in our bosom? Well, what I've seen today is when somebody, a brother, sister, whether they're raising Christ or not, is part of teaching someone and that person, you know, gets it they get you you almost can see that light bulb above their head when they get it they go oh i get it and and then they say what what more what more that makes them more hungry that is priceless that will be infectious and until brethren of every degree or background has had people to do that they will find it very difficult to reach out to the lost. But once they do, that will be the bug that will carry them, and get the gas in their tank, that will get them going. Good, good, good. Yeah, that gas in the tank. Uh,
1: Yeah, it's uh, very, very good. Uh, You know, uh, the other thing we like to do, and we're close to the end here, is uh, there's going to be some people that want to reach out to Ricky. And uh, so how, what's the best way to, to get in touch with you, Ricky?
0: Well, I, have, um, I haven't even mentioned this. I start a dial Bible study everywhere I go, which is a recording, um, a little three to four minute recording that people can call and listen to every day. And, uh, and so I start one everywhere. But the, that, that number is seven seven zero eight three five four thousand. 4000 and it's a, just a little two or three minute message. Any kind of message that is left, I get and uh, can be able to, you can text that number to that number as well. Uh, it's texting or you can listen to the message. We also hijack it during our live program on Wednesdays at 11, and uh, they can call directly to our studio when we're on, on the air. So it is. Um, if that is a way, a source that, well, as long as I'm here in Georgia, that will be a, a feature that can be used. Then I have a website called answersfromthebible.org, O-R-G. There's others that have the, the last suffix different, but mine, O-R-G, is the uh, after dot. So answersfromthebible is one word, dot, one And that's where those five videos are good. that you can look and see it all explained.
1: All right. Very good. Well, listen, just an excellent job. So much information that you shared. Ricky, I'm looking forward to, uh, Lord willing, someday that we can meet in person. And uh, again, uh, and then we'll be following up with you of of other ways that we can try to help each other. You know, everybody needs a Barnabas, you know. I need somebody to encourage me, and and I'm sure you do too. So maybe we can be a Barnabas for each other and keep encouraging each other. But thank you once again for doing this today, and uh, look forward to going through all of your materials. And uh, I know we'll be talking in the near future. So. Keep up your good work, brother. Everyone that's watching, uh, episode number eight will be next uh, Saturday morning. Thanks
0: again for tuning in. Goodbye, everybody. Melt my heart and fill my life. Give me one soul today.